we're going to be look, we're going to be out of Isaiah chapter nine, but we're going to start in the book of Luke. It's Christmas. I like Christmas. I, I've always liked Christmas. And so, somebody said to me one day, "It's not about getting gifts. It's about other things." It may be, but I like getting gifts. Yeah, this little girl agreed, don't you? Yeah, she said, I like getting gifts. There's nothing wrong with that. And so God give us a gift. And what? Okay. Now, Pastor, I expect you to take her into hand today. Okay. So anyhow, anyway. So anyway, uh, she's going to bring it up on the board. And we're, I'm going to read you Luke 1, 31 through 35. I'm just going to read it. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob for forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. Everybody say, come upon thee. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that thing, that holy thing which which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Now understand for 400 years, There has not been anything said by God. It's been dark. Then can you imagine how lonely and how sad it would be not to be able to hear from God? See, we we don't understand God because God's in all of our lives, in every facet of our life, even sinners. And so there's a grace that's called a common grace. and, And if you're not saved, you're breathing because God has given you common grace. And because of His common grace, it protects you from the enemy, the devil, because the devil hates all men. He don't like the sinner as well as the, the, the saved, the saint, the saint. He don't like nobody. He, he does not like any human being whatsoever. He doesn't like animals. He doesn't like anything because, listen, he does not understand grace and he's never going to know grace. So God gives us what we call a common grace. And even during that 400 years when God wasn't speaking, that common grace covered man. And then one day, when the skies uh, uh, was illuminated with the angels, and they're talking about the birth of Jesus Christ, God's going to bring something to us that has never been known before to man, and what that is, is the grace of His Son. And the grace of His Son is going to cover us by the shed blood that was shed on the cross, and therefore, when that grace comes upon us, we not only have common grace to be protected from the devil, but we have the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ now to live for God in a dark world. And that's, that's what that's all about. And so one day, the skies just broke open, and the angels are, are, are singing the praises that there's a Christ who has been born in Bethlehem. And I like Luke one thirty one. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Now, she's going to bring up Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. And I'm going to read them to you. Because what I want you to see here, this is the hope for Israel. This is the hope of Israel, okay? 
Ready? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And by the way, that Everlasting Father should be Eternal Father, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. This was Isaiah. And what Isaiah is talking to, he is talking to Israel because Israel will turn their back on Messiah. And when, when Messiah comes, let me tell you what, Israel knew that Messiah had come. And so Simeon holds up the baby Jesus. And Hannah holds up the baby Jesus. There were people from the commonwealth of Israel that knew that Jesus Christ was born and he was the Messiah. Now the Pharisee and the Sadducee and the Sanhedrin, they knew that Christ was Messiah. They just didn't want to give him recognition because if they give him recognition, they feel that they're going to lose everything. And also they didn't want a Messiah that was coming in peace and justice and order. They didn't want a Messiah who was coming, coming to be the servant. They wanted a Messiah who was going to bring a rod of iron and destroy Rome. That's what they wanted. They wanted that Messiah. And Jesus is coming just the opposite of what they, they wanted. Now here's something that Isaiah says. He says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. A child is born. Listen to this. Messiah would come from men. Isn't that amazing? He would come from men. To what? Be savior and to be high priest. You see, if the enemy could, if the devil could, he would have a begotten son. But listen to what the devil can't do. He can't reproduce. We need to be able to say amen to that. He can't have a son. Now there's going to be an unholy trinity. And that's going to be the false prophet. That's going to be the antichrist. And that's going to be the beast himself. There's going to be an unholy trinity. And they're going to look like the image of God. The word antichrist does not mean against Christ. It means coming in the image of him. And he's going to look like he's going to set up a trinity. And it's going to be an unholy trinity. He's got a problem. He's going to even die. And then he's going to resurrect himself. Or it's going to be deception. And he's going to do everything that he has seen God do. How many of you know the devil has no originality at all? He, there's nothing original about him. He was in heaven with God, and he understands how God operates, and he's just mocking, or he is doing everything that God did. Now, I want you to pay attention to this, because here's what's going to happen. He cannot have a son. Isn't that amazing? He cannot have a son. But what, is, what does God the Father do? God the Father is going to send us his son. Now, here's what I want you to pay attention to. He wasn't the son because he come to earth. He was always the son. The father was always the father. The son was always the son. And the Holy Ghost was always the Holy Ghost. How many of you know that? And so he didn't become the son just because he came to earth himself. He was always the son. And so therefore when you see in, in, in the book of Revelation and you see the Lamb of God that's going to open the seals up, that is Jesus Christ himself who is going to open the seals because there was none in heaven that could open the seals. How many of you know John said, I'm going to start to weep 
because there's no one that can break the seals. And then all of a sudden, there's the Lamb of God, and the Lamb of God appears, and what does He do? He breaks the seals. Listen to me. I want you to hear this, and I want you to understand. He was the Lamb of God before Revelation. He was the Lamb of God before Genesis. He's always been the Lamb of God. And before time, when the Father said, Who is going to go for man? Before man was even created, they have this plan put in in place. And, and the Father said, Who will go for man? And listen to what, what Jesus says. The, the Son says, He says, Make me a body. Then he say that? He says, make me a body. He said, I'll go. Well, how's he going to make a body? Let me tell you what he did the first time, what God did the first time. He made a full mature man. His name was Adam. Adam was never born. Adam was not a baby. Adam was, was created a full mature man. And when he creates him, he breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living being. That's what the Bible says about Adam. Isn't it amazing? He's born a mature man and he knows everything that God has allowed him to know and understand he knows the righteousness of heaven. He knows all the things about God and guess what happens? He falls. And you know why he falls? Because he's going to need a savior. Adam's going to need a savior. This He's created a full man. And listen, he is called the first Adam. And Jesus Christ is not called the second Adam. He's called the last Adam. How many of you know he came as the last Adam? And so what we have in Jesus is the son that God is going to give. And Jesus is not going to come to this world as a full mature man. He is going to come into this world legally through the womb of a woman, and he is going to be born a baby, just like you and I are. Listen to what he is, born a child. Messiah is going to be our Savior, and he's going to be our high priest. But watch this, he comes in as a baby, and listen, why does he come in as a baby? Because he's dependent, he's weak, and he's helpless. He needs a father on earth. Now, can you imagine God looking all over, we sing a lot about Mary, and we do a lot about Mary, and, we, we, and, and some, some religions have even made her a god. She's not a deity, she's a woman, just like you people out there. Okay? But, but what happens is, it's, it's an amazing thing. He's God. He's God as man. And here he is, he's a baby. And he's come through the, uh, the womb of a woman legally. Why? To get a body. He's got to have a body, but he's got to have a father now to raise him. Do you understand why we need fathers in the home? Because even Jesus needed a father in the home. How many of you got a hold of that? We have, we, if you watch TV today, we have taken the father out of the home. And the government started doing that 50, 60 years ago when they started these welfare programs. Take the father out of the home. The father's important, so God's got to find a father for his son. And who does he find? He finds a man named Joseph. And when he finds a man named Joseph, he says, Joseph, you are going to raise my son, and you need to raise him because, listen to this, he's weak, he's helpless, and he's dependent. You don't see Jesus that way. You know you don't. But when Jesus was born, he was born just like these babies that we have here. Being a baby, listen brings Jesus to the fullness of his humanity. It brings him to the fullness of his humanity. And another thing that it does, it brings Jesus into a servant nature. 
Because he's going to learn how to be a servant. And you know what? The Bible says that he learned obedience through the things in which he suffered. So he's going to suffer. How's he going to learn obedience? Now, you know what we've done today? We've taken discipline away from our children. Because we don't want them to be hurt. I say slap them. Just don't let nobody you did it. You know, take them home. Beat the daylights out of them. Oh, that's on TV. I am telling you, don't listen to the liberal doctrines of this world. Let me tell you something. You love your children, chasten your children. Don't beat your children. Chasten your children and bring them into discipline. Jesus Christ was disciplined by his Father. Now, did Christ do anything wrong? Here's what's going to blow your mind. Did Christ do anything wrong? No, he did not. Even as a child? Even as a child. Why, Pastor? Because he didn't have sinful blood in him. He had the purity of the blood of his Father, the Holy Spirit. Where there was no blemish, where there is no sin. And he's born without sin. Now the reason why, and and you know, we, we say little babies are cute. Little babies are little devils. They're little mean things. Oh, don't talk that way. And, and, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to break your heart. But they ain't no new, newborn babies are not pretty. Mm-mm. Don't you say that about my kid. I tell you, I, they about tarred and feathered me and took me outside the church one day when I said that. But you think babies are so wonderful? Ask Mike and, and Destiny back here. When they want something, they cry. And, and if they don't get it right away, they scream and yell. And they carry on until all you want to do is shut them up. And so you start to give in to them, man, just to shut them up. I'm telling you something. Babies are something. And babies, why are babies that way? Because they're born in sin and shaping in iniquity. Did you get that? Jesus was not born in sin, nor was he shaping in iniquity. That's an amazing thing. So we got, now, now in Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, she's going to bring this up. Now here we have Christ who's born, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Made in the likeness of men. Listen to what it says. It said a son is given. And when it says a son is given, he was given from the beginning whenever the beginning was. Do we understand the beginning was before Genesis? When we look at the word Genesis and we see the beginning, that was the beginning of man. But God was in the beginning whenever the beginning was, if there ever was a beginning. And so before that, it is already transpired that Jesus Christ is coming to this earth and he is coming as a babe. And when he comes as a babe, he's going to die on Calvary. And when he does, he's going to take away the sin that was placed upon mankind through Adam. It's an amazing thing. So he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. The son had to be given. And who's going to give us the son? The father. The father is giving his son. Now listen, you have the Trinity. You have the father, you have son, you have Holy Spirit. Now understand something. He was the father before the world ever began. He was the son before the world ever began. He was the Holy Spirit before the world ever began. He was. Don't wrap your mind around that because it'll make you nuts. You, 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 you can't figure it. Just take my word for it. 
That's the way it was. And so he was the son. Now, now, God did not do this. Okay, we've created man. Man's fallen. So then God, then, then, then God uh, what we call the first of the Trinity, actually they're all equal. But I'm going to use number one. Okay, so number one, the Father says to number two, we don't have until he comes here. So we have the Father, and we have the Holy Ghost, but we don't have no Son. Because most people, you get me? Most people don't believe that there was a Son until He came to this earth. You see, there's always been God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So Father says, what are we going to do here? And Son says, make me a body. Now watch what he says. But don't make me a body like you made Adam. I will come through a virgin. And through that birth I will receive my robe of humanity. I will receive my body. How many of you understand that? So then Jesus Christ comes to this earth, and when he comes to this earth as being a baby, listen, he is not half God and half man. He is 100% human, and he is 100% God. What he did was he laid his deity down for just a little while. And why did he lay his deity down just for a little while? Become like you and me. If he comes in as God... He comes in as the devil's superior. If he comes in as an angel, he comes in as the devil's equal. But he came in as a man inferior to the devil. He came as a man inferior to the devil. And you know what he's going to do as a man? Perfect. He is going to walk. He's going to keep the law. He's going to bring this thing all to fulfillment. And he's going to the cross. It's an amazing thing because this man who was made lower than the angels, according to the book of Hebrews, this man who was briefly, only for a while, made lower than the angels, is going to ascend higher than any angel ever ascended. He's going to ascend unto heaven higher than anything has ever ascended. Why? Because he took on this himself the form of a bondservant. And what was the form of a bondservant? Jesus came to earth as a baby. That's what Christmas is about. And that's what we're, we're, we're talking about here today. So when he did that, so if the Bible says the Son is given, the Son, Jesus, the second person in the Trinity, has always been, he has always been the Son of God. He was the Son of God before the world came into existence. He has always been the Son of God. He will always be the Son of God. And that will never change. The Father will now do something. He's going to do, uh, the Father will allow the Son to do something. And you know what He's going to allow the Son to do? He is going to allow the Son to lay down His deity for a, a little while, take on the robe of humanity, and be like us. I know that Jesus, if He was here today in Missouri, I know that He is, but I'm in the flesh. He'd have walked into my house and said, give me some hot coffee. Why do you people live in this cold place? I think he would have said that. He probably would have looked at Nancy and said, turn up that fire, man. It's cold in here. He, he was a man, people. He ate. He did everything like a man. The Son of God. 
And he's always been the son of God. And he always will be. Jesus, listen to this. Why, why does he take his humanity? And why does he take his deity? And why does he bring them together? I'll tell you why he did. And she's going to go over to Ephesians chapter 3. And she's going to bring up verses 13, 14, 15, 16. Now I want you to watch this. Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulation. For you which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's not what I want. Is that, is that Ephesians 3, 13? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'll see. Huh? No, that's not what I want. Well, I'm in Luke there. That's why it's not working right. Let's go over to Ephesians. Now just hold on with me, people. We don't have to do this thing right. See, it's just like I'm telling you, I'm human. And every now and then I get the wrong one in there. All right. It's, it's chapter 2. Chapter 2. And, and so I'll, it's chapter 2, Deb. I'll just go ahead and read it. And so it says this. He says, But now in Christ Jesus, and this is verse 13, Now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Now watch this verse 14. For He is our peace who has made us both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in His flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in Himself... Of, uh, let's see, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross. And in verse, verse 18, for through him we both have access by the one spirit unto the Father. And what, what this is talking about is that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he tore down the dividing wall between the Gentile and the Jew. And so he tears down the dividing wall between the Gentile and the Jew to make one man. And so what he does as Jesus, he's going to bring the old covenant into the new covenant, and he's going to make one man. And that's what he did. Well, listen what else he also did. So when he's born in Bethlehem of Judea, he takes on humanity, and he also has deity. Now he's going to take his deity and his humanity, and he's going to bring them together and become one. Now, how's he going to bring them together? Because he is going to birth for himself what the Holy Spirit calls the church. And so then the church and Christ becomes one. And so that, that barrier now is broke down. And how do you do that? Because he came and he fulfilled the law and he abolished the law. And when he did that, he tore down the dividing wall that separated man from God. And so as man, he brought in man as God. He now allows man to walk with God and in God. And we need to look at that. And so what we have here is in me is the deity of the Lord. And in you is the deity of the Lord. And Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9, And in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in verse 10, then it says this, And in him you are made complete. And so here's what Jesus did when he comes as a man. 
He takes on all the sin of the world. He takes the robe of humanity on him. And now he's going to take the sins of the world that, he has, that the Father has placed upon him like would be placed on a lamb, a ransom lamb. And they're going to nail it to the cross. And when they nailed the sins to the cross, they nailed your sins to the cross. That he nailed my sins to the cross. He nailed the robe of humanity that I wear, and he nailed that to the cross. And listen, when I received him and when you received him as your personal Savior, you're not going to die. You became everlasting with the Father. You're going to give up this body, but when you give up this body, you're going to go to be with the Lord. And guess what happens one day in the rapture? Then the rapture takes place and this body rises up to meet soul and spirit. And there you will always be forever with the Lord in what? This body. And the body that Jesus will have in heaven is the very body that they nailed to the cross. When you get to heaven, all your scars are going to be gone. Your pain. My heart's going to be healed completely. It's healed now, but it's going to be healed completely. All of these things. But not Jesus. When you get to heaven, you're going to see the scars. They're there as a memorial for you and I. Listen why. That he came as a babe born in Bethlehem. Took upon himself a bondservant. And went to the cross for you and I. So here's what he did. He gives up his deity for just a moment. And when I say gives it up, he doesn't give it up, but he doesn't use his deity, and he becomes lower than the angels. Now, watch this. If he comes in as God, he is the devil's superior. If he comes in as an angel, he's his equal. But when he came in as a man, he came lower than the angels. And isn't that amazing? That when he came in lower than the angels, he defeated the devil on every hand. He defeated the devil in his humanness. And how did he do that? Because listen, when he's being baptized in the Jordan River, the Holy Spirit comes upon him. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon him, here's what the Father says out of heaven. He says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And why did he say that? Because when Jesus is baptized in the Jordan... He takes upon the ministry of the cross. And when he takes that ministry of the cross, that's a decision that he makes as a man that he is going to take, make that decision that he is going to go to the cross. And when he does that, the Father said, Yes! This is what he's to do. This is what was supposed to be done. And yes, this is my beloved son. And I am well pleased with him. He's in the garden of Gethsemane. And there he's praying. And his, his prayer, everybody knows it. Father, let this cup pass from me. But not my will be done, but thy will be done. Isn't that right? The Father doesn't answer. And we say, why didn't the Father answer? Why? He didn't need to answer. The question was settled in heaven. Before mankind, the question was settled in heaven. Gethsemane was settled at the Jordan River. Gethsemane was settled. And why didn't God say anything? He didn't have to say anything. It was already said. It was already done. Then why did Jesus say what he said? Because listen, he's speaking as a man. He is hurting. He knows what is about to take place. And you say he didn't want to die. He had to get to the cross, people. Listen to me. 
it wasn't that he didn't want to go to the cross. He had to get to the cross. He had to get to a pastor. And he's bleeding out. And he can't get to the cross. So as he's, as he's treading that path of Calvary, then he's bleeding out under a load, a beam, a cross. And they take Simon the Cyrenian and say, help him. And then when he gets to Calvary, he can't place himself on the cross. He's too weak. He's dying. The Roman soldiers place him on the cross. And don't you think it's kind of ironic that Jesus never teamed up with the religious people to get to Calvary? He teamed up with the sinner. He teamed up with the sinner. You don't get that, do you? I get every... every he teamed up with me when I was a sinner. And let me tell you something about that old Simon the Cyrenian. His son Rufus became a minister of God like never before. It's an amazing thing. So why did he do that? He's hanging on the cross. And in John chapter 19 and verse 30, he said, it is finished. And when he said it is finished, that word finished means perfected. But when, when, when we read where it says, Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, or the finisher of our faith. That's not, that's not that word. Hey, the, when, he, when he said it is finished, listen to what he's saying. He's saying, Father, it's finished in my human weakness. I finished it in my humanity. And I nailed sin to the cross. I nailed the robe of humanity to the cross. Father, they beat me on my back. I took the stripes for the healing for your people. Do you understand that he healed us before he saved us? He took the stripes for our healing. That healing is in the atonement of Calvary. So when Jesus goes to the cross and he dies on the cross and he raises up from the, the, the dead, it's an interesting thing. He not only saved me, but he healed me. He delivered me. And then he brought me into the resurrection. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I'm almost done. See, Jesus did this. What did He do? He tore down the dividing wall so that He could bring the Jew and the Gentile into one man. Now why? Because listen, here's what Isaiah is saying in, in Isaiah chapter 9. The only hope Israel has is Christ. The only hope that Israel, the nation Israel has today is Christ. The only hope that we have today is Christ. Jesus said that they will hate my name and you will be hated because of my name. You will be hated for my name. Isn't that amazing? They don't mind saying the Father. They don't mind saying the Son. And they don't mind saying the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. They don't mind that. There's something about the name of Jesus. They hate it. They hate the name of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? The world hates the name of Jesus. We look at that Xmas, and we say Xmas, all that was was X out Jesus to bring in Christmas without Christ. Can't do it. Happy, happy holidays. No, no, no. No, no. Merry Christmas. And you say, why? Because the joy of Jesus and salvation. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Today is Christmas. 
And it's on Sunday, the Lord's Day. And understand this Merry Christmas. And why do we say Merry? Because listen to me, I have life abundant on this earth. And when I go home to be with the Lord, I'm going to have life abundantly in heaven. Listen to me, there is no way that the devil can defeat any of the children of the Lord. Let's stand this morning. Doris, if you would, come to the piano. So he tears down that dividing wall. I want to get back to Isaiah just for a minute. He says this, No one ever gave their son. Jesus did. I mean, the Father did. He brings man and God together. And what happens is this. How does he bring God and man together? Jesus Christ is the head of the church, and the church is his body. All of the writings of Paul teaches us that. Christ is the head, and the church is the body. I'd like to say Christ is the head, and we're the body. But I don't know if y'all saved. I'm hoping you are. If you if you're saved, you can say Christ is the head, and I'm part of the body. You can say that. So here's something interesting. I love this. When 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 they sing that song, that when the waves are over my head. They're under His feet. People, that's a lie. First of all, the, the waves aren't going to get over your head. Because you're the body of Christ. You're the body of Christ. And here's what Paul says to the church. And he has placed everything under his feet. Under his feet. He's placed everything under our feet. Because we are the body. Not the Pentecostal church, charismatic church. Not the Baptist church, the Methodist church. Not the Presbyterians. The body of Christ are those who are saved. And born again and know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. That's the body of Christ. And so why did Jesus come? As a man. Simple. Simple. So we could come into the family of God. So we could come into the family of God. Some of you might not like this pastor because he's black. You might not because he's black. And you know, I'll get in, I get into some black communities that don't like me because I'm white. Yeah. But I'm telling you, man, that's wrong. God got one people. One people. And let me tell you who the people are. The blood bought. The blood washed. One people. Now here's what my dad used to say. He said, Larry, there's only two classes of people. The saved and the unsaved. And you're in one of those classes. You're either part of the body of Christ or you're not. And as the body of Christ, there's so many things that's available. Now let me read this last scripture to you. While you're standing. Jesus will remain a man eternally in heaven forever. He's going to be 100% the Son, God. But He'll have this body forever. In 1 Timothy 2.5, For there is one God, one mediator between God, the man Christ Jesus.
In Acts 7, 55-56, listen to what he says. This is Stephen. Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Now listen to what he said. Here's what he said. And I said, and said look, I see heavens open and the Son of Man, the Son of Man, standing at the right hand of God. My goodness. And then it says the government will be upon His shoulders. Talking about the second coming of the Lord. There's a millennial reign that's coming and Christ will rule the earth for a thousand years. But I tell you this right now, there's a Christ and His name is Jesus and He's ruling right now. And I want to introduce you to this man. He is the rock that's not made with hands. He is the rock eternal in the heavens, not made with hands. And He's tearing down kingdoms right now. And He's crushing asunder kingdoms. And the glory of God one day will fill the earth. It will fill the whole earth. And the governments, His government will increase. Now let me give you this. Then we're going to sing. And His name shall be called. Wow. Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God, Eternal Father, the Prince of Peace. That's what His name is called. And guess what? We're going to be with Him one day forever. One day forever. But I don't have to wait forever to be with Him. I'm with Him right now. Who am I with? I am with the Mighty God. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, the Prince of Peace. Ready? Give me, give me Silent Night. Silent Night. Silent Night. Holy Night. They sang, Oh, come all ye faithful. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. This is the church. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Born the 
Let's adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. Then Jesus dies on the cross. He raised up from the dead. And they sang. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. He rules the world with truth and grace, and makes the nations prove the glories of righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders and wonders of his love now we're going to sing joy to the world now now the women are going to sing joy to the world but before you do just the women before you do i'm going to give you a chance right now to come to an altar and find the Christ that we're talking about this morning as your personal Savior. If if you need healing in your body, there's Jesus who can heal you. And even though it's not popular today, yes, healing needs to be in the church. Deliverance needs to be in the church. You know how many men need to be delivered today from pornography? Men need to be Deliver from drugs and alcohol. I mean, it's rampant, even in the church. Understand, here's an altar. So if you need anything, you come to this altar right now. We'll pray with you. If you haven't received Christ as your personal Savior, then you can't sing joy to the world. But if you give your life to the Lord, you can sing joy to the world. Come on, ladies. Joy Come on, ladies. All right, men, let's help them. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven. Hey, Pastor, would you go and pray with, with him? And yeah, Nancy, you want to pray with her? We'll move that for just a minute. God is so good, he's on the throne. There's I'm gonna say to you, Merry Christmas. And there is a reason for the season. And the reason for the season is Jesus. Is Jesus. Is Jesus. Is Jesus. And wonders of His love 
and wonders of his love and wonders and wonders of his love. I want to lay a blessing on all of you because the Lord gave me the power and the authority to do that. You're my children. Now, Brother Don, you're my child. No matter how old you are, I would like to lay a blessing on you. I'd also like to challenge you. If you know someone today that is by themselves, don't let them be. Do not, please. Also, I would like to say, if you have family that are not able to be with you at this time, call them today. Some of you know how to do the phone video chats or whatever they're called. Do that today. Do that. Reach out to your child or grandbaby, whatever it might be, Lord Jesus. Just reach out and touch them. Let them know that they're thought of. And tonight at 5 o'clock, if you have nothing else to do, we will be at the food kitchen down at the crossings at 7th and Locus. 7th and Locus, and we'll be handing out food to people that don't have anybody and probably don't have a dime in their pockets. And if you want to bring some candy or something you made at home, some warm socks that you got for Christmas that you don't need, a necktie, whatever, you bring that down to these people. But uh, if you don't have anything else, but I want you to take care of family and friends. And I bless you. I bless you because the Father gave me a blessing to lay upon each and every one of you. I think the baby back there is about seven, eight months old. She's the youngest. I don't know who's the oldest, but God does. I'm laying a blessing on your heart today. I say there will be peace in your household. There will be love in your household. There will be people saying, I love you, I love you, I love you all the time. Not just at your birthday, not just at Mother's Day. I say, Lord... I bless them with health this year. I bless them on their jobs with raises and prosperity. Your businesses will multiply. And I thank you for being a part of Hosanna. Thank you for being my kids. I love you all. Have a happy, safe, healthy new year.